0: Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 930 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Imagine if, imagine if not just life was different tomorrow than it is today. But imagine if you invested your life doing that thing that you were created to do. As you think on that question, you think about where you're at in life right now. Is that where you're at? Are there things in the way keeping you from doing the thing that you want to do? That you feel like, oh God, if only I could do this. As you think about the church and this community of faith that you've chosen to be a part of. Uh, do you compare it against other past church experiences or look around and go, I wonder, uh, I imagine if our church could be so much more. Imagine if uh, this church was the hands and feet outside of these four walls to our community. See, this type of thinking, I'm setting you up for failure because uh, maybe you do that naturally, but most people don't. And I want to tell you a story today of how, like, before coming to North Bay Christ the King, like, I was not capable of thinking in these ways. You see, some of the reasons I'm so thankful for this church is because it's a church that's built on belonging and becoming. It's built on the foundations of helping people belong long before they believe or become anything. But it's committed to helping people become who God created and called them to be. And that was exactly what I needed because I didn't know who I was supposed to become. I didn't know what I was created to do until I was invited to come and spend five years in this church family. See, for those of you that don't know me, let me explain a little bit about how I'm wired. Um, I'm not your typical pastor. Uh, For those of you that do know me, you know this is true. Like I'm not your like warm, fuzzy, bleeding heart shepherd, like just I care for everybody and I wanna go around and just help everyone. Like that takes a very special person and um, God didn't make me to be that special person. Like, I'm wired in such a way where, like, I want to see nothing but people's potential and help them see and identify the obstacles and the roadblocks in their life and, and either remove them for them or move them beyond them. If you follow uh, personality typing, um, the Myers-Briggs uh Personality profile uh, lists me as what's known as an ENTP. Here's what that, you need to know that means about me. E means I'm extroverted. N means I'm intuitive. T means I think more than I feel. And P means I'm perceiving. Um, what that means is I live in a world of patterns and possibilities. My brain is one that is always connecting dots between people, between possibilities, between opportunities, and together, I found that, like, that helps me uniquely identify potential. I I share that a little bit with you because what's so interesting and unique about that for me personally is before I came here, I had no idea the value in that. I didn't have any value in myself. I didn't have any value or direction in what I was created to do. See, I came here, and I showed up completely insecure, completely overwhelmed by my feelings of inadequacy that why in the world would God choose to use somebody like me? Because I'd spent my first uh, tenure doing vocational ministry in places and contexts and environments that would constantly tell me I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't capable, I wasn't qualified And I believed it, and I told it to myself. And because I didn't have this piece of paper on a wall, like, I would never measure up or be able to have the authority to be used by God in any unique way. See, it's because I didn't understand myself, and I didn't understand who called me and created me for a very specific purpose. So I showed up here after... Two years in a very difficult uh, season where I was ready to throw in the towel and quit. And I didn't want to continue doing this. If, if the being part of the church or leading in the church was going to be filled with a bunch of people that were just going to focus on themselves and not care about the hurting, the lost, and the broken, and actually bring the healing of Jesus to them, I didn't want to be a part of it. And then I get a call from Pastor Dan one day, who was my youth pastor. He's somebody that saw something in me long before anybody else. And long before I could ever see it in myself. He invited me to come be part of this church that's built on belonging and becoming. And here's what I'm thankful for. This church family showed me that belonging didn't depend on being okay. I've been part of churches where to belong, you had to have it all together. You had to put on the face. And if you showed a crack, you're out the door, especially for people in leadership. So my wife and I, our marriage was under the tension from living in this fishbowl that pastors' families live in. We didn't know how to navigate. I'm thankful for this church family because it empowered me with the trust and the grace to try new ideas and encouraged me every time I failed, most of the time. This church cared about me more, cared more about me and my family than my ministry effectiveness. This church walked with me and Savannah as we, uh, three years ago this month, actually began a journey with our daughter Lexi. And um, some of you know that she was born and had some difficulties and she's had some uh, disabilities uh, since she's been uh, with us. And she's turning three this month and she is happy and healthy and growing. And this church helped us through the hardest times of uncertainty. I'm thankful for North Bay Christ the King, for allowing the next generation to be the church of today, not tomorrow. And from that place, I'm thankful that North Bay Christ the King has and continues to create space and opportunities for young leaders to develop and grow, saying, you don't need to have it figured out. We're going to let you learn and try and fail forward now. You don't have to wait to be the church tomorrow. We actually want you. We receive you. We embrace you today. I'm thankful for this church because it gave me the opportunities to become the pastor and the leader that God created me to be that I didn't think I could ever become. And the story starts like this. On a walk at the Semi Spit, because Pastor Dan thought that was a good idea. And Pastor Dan and I, we'd have these uh, meetings, um, which was his secret way of getting me to exercise. And I don't know if you know this about Pastor Dan, but he doesn't just talk fast, he walks fast. And so he's trying to have a productive conversation with his new uh, youth and children's pastor, who's trying to figure it out who's a deer in the headlights who's only been told that he's messed it up and he's telling me hey i have a couple things for you this was a couple couple weeks into my stay here where pastor Dan was able to look ahead and see if i don't get in front of this this kid's going to drive me crazy You see, I was so incapable of making a decision or leading, and I didn't believe I was a leader, that I I would come to Pastor Dan and I would ask for permission or advice to do anything. I would come and I would say, is it okay if I do this? Like I I knew what I wanted to do, but I wouldn't give myself the permission to do it. And, And Pastor Dan gave me some words of wisdom on one of these walks at the beach. What I'm about to share with you became a narrative that has played in my mind that I'm thankful for, is responsible for what I get to do today. Not out of breath, with me running behind, trying to catch up, Pastor Dan shared these things with me. He says, Eric, stop asking for my permission to do what God's called you to do. So, stop saying you can't do things because you're not like other pastors. Stop comparing yourself to people that God didn't create you to be. See, don't just do ministry like everyone else. And then he invited me to do this. He said, What if you had enough faith to imagine if God wanted to do more through you? just being you, than you could ever dream of. Just don't burn down the building. (laughs) So here's this invitation from a man who has been a voice in my life since I was 14, who should have walked away multiple times as I failed time and time again to figure this out. And this got me thinking. I said, okay, so I need to come up with this program. I need to come up with something. God, you've never given me a vision before. God, you've never really given me something that clear. I don't know how to do this. All I know is what I've experienced is not what you have for your bride. What I have gone through and the things that are holding me back are, are not what you have for the followers of your son. And so I sat down the next morning with my legs cramping because Pastor Dan made me sprint a marathon around the Semi Spit. I sat down at sunrise because it's one of my favorite views in Whatcom County, watching the sun come up over Baker. This was in the summer. I started wrestling with this scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And I couldn't get past this because it says this. Therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Now, remember, I'm an analytical person. I didn't know this at the time, but I'd be so caught up in my head, bouncing around, trying to figure out, because I couldn't rationalize what this meant. Okay, God, lead a life worthy of your calling. So what does it mean to lead? What makes me worthy? What am I called to do? See, up until this point, I just knew, and I didn't know how or why, I just knew that God had called me to, to lead in the local church. Lead a life worthy of your calling. See, and I was asking, what makes me worthy to lead a life with calling? See, because like I mentioned, what others had to say about me said otherwise. What I had started to believe as, as lies that kept me from actually moving forward, God said something very different in that moment. To lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. See? And Pastor Dan giving me permission and empowering me to have some faith to hear from God. Open my ears, my eyes, my heart to this realization that I started to imagine if. Imagine if I wasn't out to please all these people. Imagine if I wasn't out to prove something to these people that had kept me, in my mind, from actually pursuing my calling. Imagine if God actually had something bigger. He just wanted to use me the way that he made me to do it. As I continue to read what comes next, Paul laid out the purpose and the work of the type of church I want to be a part of. He starts to lay it out very plainly and clearly. If you were to go study this, scholars have said that Ephesians chapter 4 in the middle of the Bible is actually like the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution of the early church. Paul's making some very imperative statements saying, like, this this is empowering words for the church for all time, not just in Ephesus. This is for people, and by this design, by this plan, the God of the universe actually is going to build and sustain this body of believers. As I continued to read, I started getting some vision. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together in peace, for there is one body, one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Now, that started to paint a picture of the type of church I wanted to be a part of. A church that wasn't divided, that wasn't ripped apart over preferences. A church that wasn't so wrapped up in not giving forgiveness that it only held people to their faults, it didn't make allowances for them. It was this antithesis of a church that said you had to be perfect to belong. I said, that's the type of church I want to build. That's the type of church that I want to use my limited influence with the next generation to raise up and to build a bridge between the generations and say, this is how we can be the body of Christ today. And we can actually go out of these walls and carry this hope to a hurting, hopeless world around us. Wondering, imagine if the church of today and tomorrow invested their effort towards this kind of unity. This was a church built differently than anything I'd ever seen before. So this vision for this thing called United that wasn't like most youth groups, that wasn't built around attracting an audience and around fun and games, but around belonging and relationships that reflected Jesus I stood right here on September 3rd, 2013. And I didn't know if anybody was going to come into this room filled with students, cast this vision of being united with one heart, which was to worship the God of the universe, and with one passion, which was for people, and one mission that is to reach and go beyond ourselves. And by his grace, God brought people. He brought a team around me. He brought students to come faithfully. He brought people that were resilient because it got really hard. But from that place of not knowing what we were building and the permission that this church gave to a student ministry, we saw God start to work. We saw students coming and actually starting to follow Jesus. We saw students actually transforming their lives. We saw students taking the gospel home to their families and their parents and bringing them back to church. We saw students start to to grow, not just in their faith, but as leaders We saw this vision that started in this room become so much more. See, and a couple years later, and nowhere near the end of where this is going, Unite has grown from this room to become a county-wide movement of students. And in this county, throughout the CTK network, we have aligned all of our student ministries to this vision of being united Our vision this year, our mission is to be a family on mission. And we gather high schoolers in houses all around the county. And middle schoolers show up to the CTK campuses, and they have an incredible ministry that is executed and run by high school students who have opted to give up their Tuesday night to come and disciple middle schoolers. And do for them what somebody has done for them. Next week, if you want to be praying, this building is going to be filled with hundreds of these students from all over the county. We will be beyond seating capacity. And it's students gathering to worship and pray for the county and their campuses and their communities and their churches. And to celebrate and share stories of how God is at work There's more students on stage than adults. I look at this and I go, God, why in the world would you allow me to have any part of this? Here's the point. Imagine if God designed the church to build a brighter future that needs you to be you. Imagine if that was God's grand design and plan to build his church. Jesus alone is going to do it. But our work in that, our participation isn't by us trying to be people we're not or being passive, but actually by being who God created us to be, doing what he created us to do. The things that we sit back and we imagine if we could only do this or that. We can leverage all this. But here's the problem that I had the problem that most of us have, insecurity impedes our imagination. Insecurity inhibits our capacity to imagine anything beyond what we know or who we are or what our God can do if we're trying to control our lives. See, insecurity deflates and deflects and it says, if only. If only I had... More time. If only I had more money. If only I had more knowledge. If only I could pray better. If only I could sing better. If only I was more outgoing. It's all deflating to who God created you to be. And it deflects our invitation, our opportunity, and I'll say responsibility to actually be the church. It says... Always be humble. So here's the difference about humility. Humility empowers and explores. When we embrace humility, it's this. Humility is defined best, in my opinion, um, like this. Not thinking too highly of yourself and not thinking too lowly of yourself. What's left? Thinking of yourself appropriately. It's not thinking about yourself too much, because even false humility and insecurity is a form of pride because the focus is on you, but what if we take the focus off of ourself? Believing and trusting that the God of the universe loves us and created us for a purpose. What happens? Well. When we start thinking appropriately about ourselves. It shifts our attention. As our attention shifts. Our interest Shifts from ourselves to others and from obstacles to opportunities. When we imagine if the God who created the universe is by my side, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, no opinion of a person. But then we take that step further and imagine that this God actually hardwired us to do things in our own unique ways, in our own unique spheres of influence, with our own passions and the dreams that he put in our heart, not to ignore, not to feel like we need to to sweep away or hide behind. See, North Bay Christ the King has been a church that has lived out this mindset of imagine if. They've said imagine if over the years and like this. Imagine if uh, we actually created opportunities for next generation leaders. Imagine if we aren't just conveniently placed on the hill in the center of our community, but we actually are here to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Imagine if we invested as much, if not more, in building leaders, disciples, and belonging over a building that we've needed. Those have been decisions that, and statements that we have made and lived by. Imagine if we sent our key people thats part of what we're doing to expand what we're doing and playing. Imagine if, imagine if God had a plan to build our church that's already in motion. See, a couple verses later, Paul actually explains God's blueprint and God's plan to build the church. We can strategize all we want, and we can try and figure it out all we want, but it's right here in Scripture, clear as day. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church The gifts that are about to be listed are not positions of power or authority or roles. These are people. And the church is made up of people. You are people. So as followers of Jesus, as a collective, family, and community, these are the gifts that Christ, Jesus himself, gives to us. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now, I don't have time to get into the nuanced language to explain how each of these represents a different type of wiring that God has uniquely given to his people. That when in function together, do the following. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. In this season of rebuilding, we don't need to look to new strategies or new vision to rebuild this body in this community. We need to be who God created us to be. We need to bring our unique stories and passions and experiences, and we need to get out from behind whatever insecurity or inadequacy or misplaced priority that's in our way to be humble, humble, being unified together, knowing that there's a brighter hope. See, the United Vision was built around one glorious hope for the future. I don't know about you, but when i signed up to follow Jesus, it's because tomorrow with him looked better than today. Eternity with him, for him, following him, opened up a possibility in this life that I wouldn't have without him. See, and it's not just the church collectively, because it's the church's people. And now I want to paint a picture for us as I start to close. I want to read a list of how God has used specific people in this community of people functioning in their own unique ways, and their own different passions and gifts that have built me up personally as part of this body, but built the church individually. So why am I thankful for North Bay? Every person I'm about to list calls this place home. My mom, Nancy Young, for believing I was created for more than I thought I was. And call me back to truth every time I wanted to give up. My dad, Rick Young, is one of the ushers here for showing me how God's grace alone is what qualifies every follower of Jesus to do the work of ministry regardless of title or position. Pastor Dan, for believing I had a call in my life which he challenged and empowered me to step into when I only wanted to run every step of the way, cheering me on, coaching me up, and calling me further. Darlene Van Dyke reminded me every time she saw me that I was doing the right work and to keep going. Bruce Langley, who faithfully walked through every transition and change I made, calming me, comforting me, saying, it's going to be okay. Reminding me and modeling how much students need us to just be Jesus to them. Lynn Langley and Jenny Hanks, strong women of faith with gentle spirits interceding on behalf of this church and the next generation who constantly showed me that Jesus matters most. Sean Crisp, who always cared more about how I was doing than what I was doing. Christy McAvoy, for being like a ministry mom who, with a smile on her face, was always willing to help me see the bigger picture when I would fail. And then she would push me to get up and try again with her full support behind me. Roxanna Jenkins, who faithfully makes desserts for students every single week, And Roxanna has shown me that what what faithful generosity or that faithful generosity can look more like cakes than cash in God's economy. Giving what she had to give faithfully and abundantly. Hillary Rockwell has a heart for helping hurting people not just have their needs met, but find true care and connection in a church that wants to help them find belonging in the helping. Stacey Enriquez, who reminds people every day with Jesus is more joyful and hopeful than any day without Jesus. Larry Idy, who invested in me to last in ministry leadership for the long haul. Shane Sheridan, who reminds me that passion for Jesus and being present with people produces so much more love and compassion than programs or planning ever will. Thank you. My friends like Mikey Numchucks, I don't even know his real last name anymore, (laughs) who pastors me more than I've ever pastored him. And he epitomizes living out the selfless and sacrificial love that Jesus invites us to live out thoughtfully and intentionally every day. Ashley Finch, who's been a confidant and an invaluable voice of reason and support when my leadership has lacked confidence or was too confident. I think of future pastors like Logan and Grant who came up through this student ministries and they've invited me to be the voice for them in their life and calling that Dan was for me. If you follow me anywhere on social media, I've been in this season of kind of this crisis of calling, figuring out, God, what's next? There's, I don't do well with uncertainty. How do I keep going and how do I keep doing this? And, and I feel like I've, I've overcomplicated things. And I was reminded of this hashtag that we created out of United. And it says, right people, right work. That's my calling. See, my role in building this thing is different than your role. Because you could do things differently, better than me, and you have different passions. You have a different perspective. You have different stories. But my role in building this thing is inviting and investing in the right people to be united in doing the right work of boldly bringing the hope of Jesus to our world. That sounds super simple. But it took me a long time to figure out. But the freedom that I can have and live out in my life, knowing this is what God put me on this earth to do, is incredible. The purpose of the church, we exist to be the expression of Jesus to the world and for each other. See, as we build up one another and build up each other, we are actually being Jesus to each other. So that we're empowered to go be Jesus to everyone else. So this idea of unity is foundational. And we need all of the different gifts. Because to truly be unified, we have to have diversity. You can't have unity in the absence of diversity. Because without it, all you're left with is uniformity. This is how the God of the universe decided to restore hope and healing and reconciliation with this world. And it's what we're about here at Christ the King. We create authentic Christian community that effectively reaches out to unchurched people in love, acceptance, and forgiveness so that they may know the joy of salvation. That means the joy of knowing Jesus. But it doesn't stop there, but their life would have purpose. They would the joy of salvation produces a purposeful life of discipleship. So how does being you accomplish this mission? What's your role? Not just in rebuilding this community, but in building a better kingdom. Building towards a brighter future than what the darkness shows our current reality. What passions and skills did God give you to build his church? They're different than mine. How is your story bringing hope to those around you? Whatever you're good at, do it well. But for the glory of God. Don't do it for yourself. Don't do it for a paycheck. Do it for the glory of God. But also do it somewhere strategically or intentionally for the mission of God. And I don't know how disqualified you think you are. But I know the feeling of disqualifying yourself. But leaning into what God invites you to be a part of. It's a life of hope and freedom and purpose more than you'll ever find anywhere else. Named Henry Nowen, who, who writes this, he says, The mystery of ministry is that we've been chosen to make our own limited and very conditional love the gateway for the unlimited and unconditional love of God. That means the perfect holy God of the universe chooses imperfect people like you and me to try he invites us just to try and in our trying he's going to make known his unconditional unlimited love through our limitations when we're obedient this is how north bay will rebuild this this body This is how North Bay is going to rebuild this community to continue being a church that's building a brighter future for Birch Bay and beyond. Dan didn't know what I was preaching on. It just so happens to be that you have an opportunity to sign up to serve today. You have an opportunity to actually spend some time and reflect on not just what you enjoy doing, but like what you're good at. And there's an invitation to actually do that for, to build the church. Is there any better use of those skills, of that passion, of that that dream? Imagine if that's how we were in this community. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this church family. I thank you for the story that you you have written through their faithfulness, God. God, I pray that this morning as people hear from your word, they would know that um, you created them to be the church, not just to come to church. Jesus, I pray that uh, they would know that trusting you enough to step out in faith to what may seem scary or inconvenient or uncertain That you alone qualifies and that gives us confidence and security that surpasses any insecurity we can give ourselves. Jesus, be glorified today and through this week as we go from this place and love people the way that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.